0: If you have been to Salzburg before or if you listen to many of my episodes, you know that the old town of Salzburg is small. I mention it very often. The old town is only one and a half square kilometers. But how many churches could there possibly be? Welcome to Salzburg. My name is Gerhard. I am the founder of the Free Walking Tour Salzburg. And the goal with this podcast is to introduce you to Salzburg. Well, in the old town of Salzburg, there are stunning 22 churches. When walking the streets of Salzburg, you will find a church on every corner. This episode is a guide to all the churches in Salzburg with a suggested route and the necessary information to make the most out of your exploration. The order doesn't reflect the importance of each church. You could follow along in this order and visit not only the churches, but by walking along, you will visit every part of the old town along the way. Be aware that there are two mountains to climb in case you visit all of the churches, and entrance fee is only required to access the fortress, which also features a church. Just skip it if you don't want to spend the money. Here is the suggested route to visit every church and all of the old town. On the Free Walking Tour website, in the blog post that belongs to this podcast episode, you find a Google map with the route indicated. Like with all of my self-guided tours on the website, the walk begins at the entrance of Mirapel Gardens. That's also more or less where we start the free walking tours. But this one we don't actually enter the garden. The first church is the Holy Trinity Church and the Holy Trinity Church is at Marktplatz square right outside of Mirabel garden. It's one of four churches built by the most famous Austrian architect from history, Fischer von Erlach. Fischer von Erlach was the architect of Schönbrunn Castle, the most visited site in Austria and shaped the artistic taste of the Habsburg dynasty in Vienna during Baroque times. Remember the facade of the Trinity Church when visiting the University Church later on, on the opposite side of the river. Here at the Trinity Church, we have an oval shape that is pulled in. The University Church on the other side mirrors the Trinity Church on the other side of the river and has therefore an oval shape that's pulled outwards. You can visit the inside of the Trinity Church, but there is a fence keeping you from going in all the way. If you would like to get all the way in, you could politely ask at the reception of the priest seminar. The priest seminar is a guest house. The guest house is the entrance on the left when facing the church. Getting all the way in is worth the marvelous paintings on the ceiling. You couldn't see them if you're behind the fence. Now, church number two, the Loreto church. The Loreto church belongs to a monastery that was founded during the 30-year war at the beginning of the 17th century. It provided refuge to Capuchin nuns from a war-devastated village in Bavaria. The Loreto monastery is one of the seven active monasteries in Salzburg. Their monastery rules were among the strictest in the Catholic Church. The convent is still more conservative than other modern monasteries. Therefore, the church attracts more pious believers than other places. Furthermore, the Loreto monastery has a small puppet made in the 17th century. It's made of jewels and ebony that wealthy donors contributed to creating the doll. That puppet is the reason for pilgrimage. It's customary To have one of the nuns put the doll on your head to bless you. Moreover, he set up the puppet in the church on holidays. The puppet ritual, however, is not free, quite the opposite, so you might want to skip that one. You find the entrance to the church embedded in the wall at the bus stop in Paris-Lothon street. From outside, it's not apparent that there are a church in the monastery. Now, one street further, you find the third church, St. Andrew's Church. At Mirabel Square, St. Andrew's Church was initially built in the 19th century as a replacement for another church of St. Andrew's that burned down during the fire in 1818. The replacement church, however, was just as severely damaged during the Second World War. That's the reason for the church's modern appeal and the plain interior. St. Andrews is nowadays used by the Croatian community of Salzburg. Mass at St. Andrews is held therefore in Croatian language. Every Thursday the most traditional farmer's market of Salzburg, the Schramne, takes place in front of the church. That, if you visit Salzburg on a Thursday, is an absolute must-see. Now, number four, the Old Catholic Church. The Old Catholic Church is just on the opposite side of the street of St. Andrew's Church. From the outside, you barely notice the Old Catholic Church. It actually is only a door in the Mirabel Castle wall, opposite of St. Andrew's Church. The Old Catholic Church is a spin-off church of the Roman Catholic Church. Other than the name suggests, it's from the 19th century. Not that old. The word old refers to them trying to orientate their religion in the initial Christian values. The church itself dates back to around 1600 when Mirabell Castle was built. Wolf Dietrich, the Archbishop who built Mirabell for his mistress, included a private church for her. That church was modified around 1700 together with the castle and the garden. The entrance to the church is embedded in Mirabell Castle and located next to the main entrance. Unfortunately, it's almost always closed. The only times when it's open is for Mass every Sunday at 10am and for the occasional paid concert. Church number 5 is the Protestant Christ Church. Because the Catholic Church ruled Salzburg for more than a thousand years, religious progress was slower than in other parts of Europe. Only in 1860, when the Archbishops were not in power anymore, it became possible to build a Protestant Church. The red brick building on the left side of the river is on many popular photographs and postcards of Salzburg. The so-called Christ Church was built according to the Eisenacher Regulativ. These rules from 1861 regulated how Protestant churches were built. Now the next church, number six, is on the opposite side of the river. It's called Mülnerkirche. Now depending on your interests, this might be one of the more exciting churches not because of the church itself but because the church belonged to the Augustine monastery and the Augustine monks same as in Munich were brewing beer. Nowadays there is no monastery anymore but the beer brewery still exists. The Müllner Breu or Augustiner Breu building is connected to the church nowadays it's the biggest beer hall in all of Austria. But beer is for another episode. We are talking about churches here. The church with the staircase to reach the interior is as worth visiting as the beer brewery. Now church number seven is Saint John's church. This is one of two churches in Salzburg dedicated to Saint John the Baptist and another one of those four churches built by Fischer von Erlach same as the first church we discussed in this episode. Technically Saint John's church isn't in the old town. The surrounding buildings are the state hospital of Salzburg. The church was built in 1700 when the hospital was established. The gate that's still next to the church was one of the city gates, but the walls and the surrounding buildings were replaced by the hospital. Even if the church is a part of the hospital, it's open to the public. You can go there and have a look inside. Church number eight is St. Marcus Church. Like St. John's church, St. Marcus is another one of the four churches built by Fischer von Erlach, the famous Austrian Baroque architect. It's the third church by Fischer von Erlach we visit on this tour. We have no proof that the church is another one of his works, actually, but Fischer's style is so distinct that there is no doubt about the authorship. The previous church was destroyed in the rock fall of 1669 in which 200 people in Gestettengasse, the alley next to the church, died. That former church was actually consecrated to St. Marcus. Today's church is dedicated to St. Ursula, but we use both of the names until this day, Marcus' church and Ursula's church. The buildings attached to the church and extending it to the rear were first a hospital, then a seminar for priests, and later a school. Now, among other things, the building houses the Museum of Natural Science. The church nowadays serves the Ukrainian community of Salzburg. Now one street further we find church number 9, St. Blasius Church. This is one of the few Gothic churches in Salzburg. It's also called Bürgerspitalskirche, the civil hospital church, because it belonged to the affiliated Bürgerspital hospital. You can have a look at the hospital buildings as well. There next to the church, where the entrance to the toy museum is located, that hospital was more like a retirement home than a hospital. And in the past, the church had a cemetery for deceased inmates of the hospital. Some of the gravestones can be found underneath the arches in the yard of the hospital, as well as at the entrance of the Gothic hall next to the church. The church itself is one of the darkest churches I've ever seen. When there is no mass, there is a fence and you can only enter the rear part of the church. But it's anyway more attractive from the outside than from the inside, especially when you're standing in Getreidegasse. St. Blasius' church is always at the end of the street and serves for a nice image. Church number 10 is the Satzelum. The university in history was run by monasteries. From when the university was founded in 1620, they used the sacellum for their mass. From the outside, you won't even recognize the Satzelum as a church. It's just a door in the wall of the old university building and the interior is rather a chapel than a church. That's why the university church had to be built 80 years later. But the interior of the church was adapted to various styles of art over time. Therefore, the altar and the paintings on the ceiling are from Baroque times. Unfortunately, the Satsalum is always closed except for mass on Sundays at 11.30 am. That mass, however, could be interesting to you. It is not only a chance to see the church, but it's one of the few masses in Salzburg that's held in English language. Now church number 11 is the University Church. It's just down the street. The University Church is one of the most important and one of my favorite churches in Salzburg. It was not only the last of the four churches by Fischer von Erlach, but the last historic building in the Old Town of Salzburg overall. Because the Old Town of Salzburg is surrounded by mountains and divided by the river, space was limited. There was no more space around 1700 before in the 1860s the walls were taken down and the river regulated. This church is unlike any church you have seen before. There are no paintings on the walls and no benches. The church benches were most likely removed when the French occupied Salzburg and closed the university around 1800. Paintings, however, were never part of Fischer von Erlach's concept. He also faced criticism for the fact that the church looks less like a church and more like a palace. Anyway, I consider this church one of the 15 must-see sites in Salzburg, even if it is not overly popular with tourists, and it's one of the four churches I consider must. When you visit, you lie down on one of the sloping benches to become aware of the large space and enjoy the peace before you enter the turmoil again. The university church, despite being a stunning sight, is never crowded. Now, church number 12 is the Franciscan church. Again, just around the corner, like everything in the old town of Salzburg. Everything is like walking Maximum five minutes apart, but usually like one or two minutes. The Franciscan church is not only one of the most important churches in Salzburg, one of these four that I consider must-see churches, but another one of the must-see sites in Salzburg. You have to see the interior of the Franciscan church. From the outside, you barely notice it when you're walking the narrow alleyway. The Gothic Tower, however, is visible from every viewpoint in Salzburg. But the interior of the Franciscan church is what's actually of interest. Upon entering you face a long dark Romanesque nave from the 13th century. That's one of the oldest buildings in Salzburg. It's dark because during Baroque times oratories were built and covered the windows on the side naves of the church. Reconstruction and adaption to the various styles of art is the theme of the Franciscan Church. The chapels surrounding the altar were built around 1600 and furnished during the 17th century from left to right by different archbishops and wealthy donors. Therefore, you notice the evolution of style from the first to the last chapel. Notice also the windows on the left when facing the altar. They belonged to the archbishop's residence and were a convenient way for the ruler to attend mass without leaving the house. Now, church number 13 is St. Peter's Church. The monastery of St. Peter's is where Salzburg was founded. Salzburg was founded by a Bavarian bishop named Rupert. Rupert is considered a saint nowadays and is the patron saint of Salzburg. He was sent from Bavaria in the year 696 to convert the people in the east to Catholic religion. However, when he was faced with resistance, he decided to settle in the area of Salzburg. Salzburg was an excellent location to settle because of the mountains, the river and of course because of the salt. A lot has happened since the city and the monastery was founded, and none of the Church of St. Peter's dates back to that time. St. Peter is, together with the Franciscan Church, the best place to understand art history. An art historian once told me many churches, but St. Peter's in particular, are like onions. Layers were added every time the fashion changed. The substance of the oldest parts of St. Peter's church is from the 9th century, but these are not visible anymore. Therefore, the entrance and the tower are the oldest visible parts of the church, but while the bottom of the tower is Romanesque, the typical onion-shaped top of the tower is from the middle of the 18th century. The heavy interior is partly baroque and partly rococo. While you can only visit the church, the cemetery and the two yards at St. Peter's, the monastery harbors many more treasures. It was not only the religious but the cultural center of Salzburg, the oldest city in Austria. Therefore, St. Peter has the oldest library in Austria with more than 100,000 books and the oldest book being from 784. The cemetery of St. Peter's is a must visit. There is Mozart's sister's grave and on the other side of the cemetery you you could try bread from the oldest bakery in Salzburg. Church number 14 is the Salzburg Cathedral itself. Cathedrals are the churches of bishops. In the case of Salzburg the cathedral is even the church of an archbishop. In Salzburg these archbishops were called Prince Archbishop in the past because they had all the power. Therefore, the cathedral was not only the most important church in the city that is full of churches, but also the center of power. Have you heard the last episode? The last episode was entirely dedicated to the Salzburg Cathedral. So if you want to know more about the Salzburg Cathedral, you should listen to that or read the article on the free walking tour website. In the future, we will also release a guide, a self-guided tour for the cathedral that will be linked in the show notes once it's ready. The Salzburg Cathedral was the first Baroque church in Austria. That's because when it was built and consecrated, the rest of Europe was fighting the 30-year war, while independent Salzburg remained neutral. But the year 1628, the year when today's cathedral was consecrated, was not the first time Salzburg got a cathedral. The first cathedral was built in 774. That cathedral, however, burned down in the 12th century and was rebuilt. But in 1598, the church burned one more time. That time there was Wolf Dietrich, the most notorious archbishop from history. You have probably heard about him if you saw or listened to other episodes of mine. It was him who transformed Salzburg into a Baroque city and the fire gave him a reason to plan a Baroque church. For that purpose, he brought Italian architects. They were the experts when it came to Baroque art. However, Wolf Dietrich took 14 years to make a plan and then the ambitious archbishop ended up imprisoned in his own fortress before the cathedral's construction began. It took 30 years until the cathedral you see today was finished. The finished cathedral then was regarded as such a masterpiece that unlike so many other churches, unlike the Franciscan church we heard about before and St. Peter's church, the cathedral remained mostly unmodified. During the Second World War, however, a bomb hit the dome of the cathedral. Because a lot of the city was damaged, it took until 1959 before the damage was repaired. When you stand in front of the cathedral, you will see three numbers above the entrances. Now you know what they mean. In 774, the first cathedral was built. In 1628, today's cathedral was consecrated. And in 1959, it was renovated after the Second World War. If you would like to know more about the cathedral, as I said, there is an entire episode about that. There will be a guide in the future and there is an article on the free walking tour website, all of which will be linked in the show notes of this episode. Now, church number 15 is St. Michael's Church. If you visited St. Peter's before and noticed the beautiful Rococo stucco on the ceiling and the wrought iron fence, St. Michael's Church at Residence Square, just next to the cathedral, might seem familiar. That's because it's affiliated to St. Peter's and was modified at the same time and by the same artists as St. Peter's Church. St. Michael's is a modest church. It's tiny, but it's the oldest church in Salzburg overall. Same as the Franciscan church, St. Michael's church dates back to the 8th century. Back then, it was the parish church for the citizens of Salzburg, as well as the church for the emperor and his people when he resided in Salzburg. The church number 16 is St. George's Church. The Church of St. George is the only church that requires an entrance fee. As I mentioned before, it's located inside the Salzburg Fortress. They don't charge you to enter the church, but because it's located inside the Salzburg Fortress, you have to pay the entrance fee for the fortress to get in. If you're only after churches and were not planning to visit the fortress, just skip this one. It's a small church, you don't have to see it. Interesting, but you wouldn't miss anything if you skip it. You see the tower of the church from everywhere in the city It's embedded in the walls of the fortress. If you decide to enter the fortress, you either take the funicular or you walk up. If you walk, you can save a few euros, but the funicular is convenient and fun. The church is from 1500 in the late Gothic style. At that time, Leonhard von Kweitschach, who was regarded as the last medieval ruler of Salzburg, upgraded the fortress to provide him a refuge from his citizens. They were angry at times because of his authoritarian leadership. Kweitschach changed so many parts of the fortress that his coat of arms can still be found 58 times on the buildings inside the fort. Now, if you want to know more about the history of the fortress, there will be an entire episode about that in the future. It will be linked in the show notes and there is an according article on the free walking tour blog. On the outside of the Church of St. George, you find a memorial for Leonard von Kretschach. On the bottom right of that memorial, you find his coat of arms, a beetroot. Every time you see the beetroot inside the fortress, as I said 58 times, you know the building is from the time of Leonard von Kretschach. Inside the church, you will find reliefs of the Twelve Apostles and a Baroque altar. Nothing special. The entrance is closed with a church grid. A date worth mentioning is the 23rd of April, the day of St. George. St. George is the patron saint of the riders and the horses. The custom for horse owners in Austria is to ride the horse to the church and around the church on Georgstag, the day of St. George. Since the church of St. George in Salzburg is located on the fortress, the riders come from the surrounding areas to ride their horses to the fortress. The first time I became aware of that tradition was when I happened to visit the fortress with a couch surfer on the 23rd of April. We were wondering why the path to the fortress was lined with horse droppings. Unfortunately, the riders cannot ride around St. George's church in Salzburg because one side of the church, as I mentioned, is embedded in the fortress wall. Now, church number seven is special. Church number seven is the church that belongs to Nomburg Abbey. Nonberg Abbey is unique not only because it's featured in the Sound of Music. The convent is the oldest nunnery in the world. It was founded back in 712 by Saint Rupert, the founder of Saint Peter's Monastery and the founder of the city. Initially, the convent was a refuge for noble women. Saint Rupert brought his relative Erntrudis and her fellowship from Bavaria to become the first abbess and lead the order. Like Saint Rupert, Erntrudis later on became a saint. She is portrayed as a nun with a church as a symbol. In many churches in Salzburg, you will also find the statue of Erntrudis. You also find her statue when you walk over from the fortress to the monastery or climb Nonberg Stiege stairs before you enter the monastery grounds. Nonberg Abbey over time evolved from a convent for noble women to a Benedictine monastery with strict rules. The church in its core is Gothic, but there were Romanesque paintings from an earlier building and during Baroque, the church has been modified with chapels. However, in general, its Gothic apparel is preserved. You can't visit the monastery itself, but you should visit the church. When entering the church, you find Romanesque paintings on the left. Well, you only find them if you put a 50 cent coin into a payment box. That's how you turn on the light that reveals the paintings. I would recommend to do so. When you visit, be very respectful. Nonberg Abbey is an active convent. Most of the nuns live in solitude, and they are not happy with tourists carelessly invading their space. If you're looking for a unique experience at Nonnberg and you can get up early, attend their morning prayer at 6.45 a.m. When doing so, you won't see the nuns. They are behind a fence, hidden from the public, but you will hear them. At the dimly lit church that's hundreds of years old, their singing and their prayer are a truly mystical experience. And as I mentioned at the beginning, Maria from The Sound of Music was a teacher and a candidate to become a nun at the monastery in real life and a nun at the monastery in the movie. You see Nonberg Abbey at the beginning of the film and again when she returns to it. Still, while the captain and Maria married at Nonberg in real life... The wedding scene took place in Mons in the Lake District. Now, church number 18 is called St. Erhard. St. Erhard is just below the Church of Nornburg Abbey. An earlier chapel belonged to a hospital that was part of the monastery. That's what the buildings to the left and the right of the church were. The chapel was taken down in the second half of the 17th century. The new church was then commissioned from an Italian architect. St. Erhard's church was one of the last two churches built by Italian architects in Salzburg. The entrance to the church is elevated because in history, floods have devastated the area frequently. In the middle of the base, before climbing the stairs, there is a fountain. The water of that fountain was said to have healing powers that were convenient for the hospital, of course. Like in a few other churches, most of the time there is a grid preventing you from going all the way into the church. Church number 19 is the Cayetan Church, built by Giovanni Gaspare Zuccalli, the same Italian architect as the previous church. St. Cayetan's Church is one of the last two churches built by Italians in Salzburg. Throughout the 17th century, Baroque buildings in Salzburg were built entirely by Italians. At the end of the 17th century, however, there was an archbishop who didn't want Italian architects anymore. That archbishop stopped paying the architect of the Cayetan church. The sign above the door still points out that only with the help of unknown donors, it was possible to finish the construction of the Cayetan church. The surrounding building was initially supposed to serve as a seminar for priests, but instead the Archbishop assigned the seminar to the Trinity Church, and there is a hospital at St. Cayetan's Church today. If you remember, the Trinity Church was the first church on this list. You maybe remember that it was built by the Austrian star architect of the Baroque era, Fischer von Erlach. Well, the Archbishop, who didn't want Italian architects anymore, brought Fischer von Erlach from Vienna for the first time and therefore preferred to assign the seminar to one of his churches instead of to the church of the Italian architect. An interesting context here is the ceiling painting. Also, the Cayetana Kirche, the St. Cayetan's Church, was started earlier. It finished much later than the Trinity Church due to the lack of support by the archbishop. Therefore, the painter of the Cayetan Church could take the famous ceiling fresco of the Trinity Church as his inspiration. Another interesting detail of St. Cayetan's Church is the Holy Stairs. The Holy Stairs are a replica of the Holy Stairs in Rome, which are supposed to be the stairs that Jesus walked to his trial at the Palace of Pontius Pilatus. There are 28 steps that you would only be allowed to climb on your knees. Unfortunately, you don't often get the chance to do so. The stairs only open for an hour on Sunday. Church number 20. Church number 20 is the second church dedicated to St. John in Salzburg's Old Town. It's halfway up the stairs to the Capuchin Mountain, Kapuzinerberg. It's an inconspicuous church. When you climb these stairs to the mountain, you don't even recognize the church from the narrow staircase. You find the entrance after the first corner when going straight instead of into the tunnel to the right. This church in its core is Romanesque, an old church, but like so many other churches, it was heavily modified during Baroque times. That's when the altar and the onion-shaped tower were added. St. John's church at the Inbergstiege staircase is open during the day. Still, its interior is protected with a grid. The stairs wouldn't be worth it just to see the church, but also a hike on Capuchin Mountain is very rewarding and recommended. Capuchin Mountain is one of the city mountains in Salzburg. It's a recreational area for the locals. There is an entire episode about hiking in Salzburg in the future and... There is an article on the free walking tour website, so check those out if you're interested in hiking in the city of Salzburg. Church number 21 is the Capuchin Church. Like the Franciscans, the Capuchin monks came to Salzburg at the end of the 16th century because of Protestant religion gaining more influence. Both of these orders are mendicant, meaning beggar monks. While the Benedictines, according to their rule, have to work and to pray, the mendicant friars were not allowed to have possessions. Because they depended on donations, they were closer to the people of the city and had more influence. That's why the archbishops wanted them for the Counter-Reformation. The Capuchin monastery also became a place for pilgrimage. Along the road to the monastery and the church, there are 12 stations of the cross. The road is an alternative to the aforementioned Imbergstiege staircase. I would recommend to take the stairs on the way up and walk the street back down. After you reach the monastery, hiking to the top of the Capuchin mountain would be highly recommended. It would take you about an hour to the top and back. The monastery, like most monasteries, can't be visited, but you can visit the church. Like the order of the Capuchin monks itself, the church is simple. Now church number 22, our last church, is St. Sebastian's Church. When you take the street down from the Capuchin mountain, you end up in Linzergasse. There at the end of the street is a church and behind that church there is one of my favorite places in Salzburg. Initially there was the cemetery for the plague, when this place was still outside of the city walls. St. Sebastian's is the saint for the plague. You find a relief of him on the outside wall of the church the young guy with the arrows in his body. Saint Sebastian was an early martyr in the Roman Empire. He was supposed to be killed with arrows, but these arrows didn't kill him. Therefore, he was clubbed to death. The connection with the plague was only made in the Middle Ages and is arbitrary. It was made because in Greek mythology, arrows were sometimes associated with sickness. That association made him popular when the plague raged. Therefore, in many places in Salzburg you will see saints statues with arrows in their body. Saint Sebastian's church was severely damaged during the fire on the right side of the river in 1818. The interior was largely destroyed and is not that interesting anymore. The fascinating part and one of my favorite places in Salzburg is hidden behind the church. When the area where Saint Sebastian's is today became part of the city, they stopped using the cemetery for the victims of the plague. Instead, it became a small cemetery for the ordinary people. But when Wolf Dietrich, the ambitious archbishop who turned Salzburg into a baroque city, didn't want the cathedral cemetery in front of his residence anymore, he had to provide a new graveyard. That's when St. Sebastian's Cemetery became the cemetery it is today. You do not only find Wolf-Dietrich's mausoleum in the middle of the cemetery, but there is also the Mozart family grave and the graves of a few more local celebrities. What I love about the cemetery, however, is the peaceful atmosphere. Take a walk around in the arcades. To find the entrance to St. Sebastian's cemetery, you look on the right when facing the church. In winter, when that entrance is closed, you have to walk into the yard on the left and around the building to find the side entrance. In today's episode, we got to know all the 22 churches in the Old Town of Salzburg. These are the churches in the Old Town of Salzburg. The historical Old Town is only 1.5 square kilometers. Out of 65 square kilometers that is the city of Salzburg, the Old Town is really small. You can visit all of these churches in like three to four hours. I would recommend them as a way of alternative sightseeing. Walking from one church to the other, you will discover every district in the Old Town. With the background information from this episode, you will also learn about Salzburg's history on the way. Now, if you would like a personal tour, My name is Gerhard, I'm the founder of the free walking tour in Salzburg. If you join one of my tours, I would be more than happy to meet and guide you. If you have any questions, you can send me an email or WhatsApp me. I hope you enjoyed the episode and hope to see you again. Thank you and bye bye. (laughs)